Welcome back to Six Pennies Podcast. Got a treat for you guys today. It's Thursday. It's been a, at least a couple weeks. Uh, we've all been busy, but it's time for another pocket change. And we're going to do it like we did it a few weeks ago, just me and Albert. And we're going, calling it the countdown. So, Albert, you ready to go? Let's do it. All right. So, we're going to start the timer right now we've got 25 minutes on the clock we're gonna go through as many of these topics as we can last time it came down to a buzzer beater and, and you <laughs> killed it so we'll see if you can follow that up first question today comes from our friend conky wang okay. and not a question so much as just a topic cryptocurrency i know you're into this a little bit i'll let you just start first of all do we know his name is conky are we sure about that <laughs> One of his f- three or four names, Jonathan, Conky, I, I, David yep, as yep, well. There's a lot. I'm so lot. very confused. Uh, cryptocurrency, yeah. I was really into this um, around the New Year's. I have a couple friends here in Dallas. Props to uh, Deshaun Josh. They're also into it, so they were educating me about it. I also watched a Netflix documentary called Banking on Bitcoin, which was very interesting because it went through the history and how... Bitcoin was started, but there's still a huge like gap or huge discrepancy on who actually started it, who Satoshi is. Like nobody knows. There's this huge mystery. So um, there's a lot of intrigue about cryptocurrency. Um, I know more about Bitcoin compared to you know the other major coins from Litecoin to Ethereum. Um, yeah. There's also things called alternate coins or altcoins, and those are just smaller coins that. Um, are worth less, but are getting a lot of buzz just because um, in terms of inventory and market cap, it's a lot higher ceiling than a Bitcoin, for example. Right. Do you have any um, money into crypto? I do not, and most of it is because I don't know enough about it. Maybe I need to check out that documentary you just mentioned on Netflix, mm-hmm. but I know you I think you need a different platform to even invest in it, is that correct? Yeah, that's a good point. Like, you can't go to a Fidelity or a, through those normal platforms to get to start trading or buying cryptocurrency. But the thing is, there is a lot of movement towards that. The biggest company or the biggest platform that uh, you can trade Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, and Bitcoin Cash is this platform called Coinbase. Coin- okay, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah, Coinbase came out with their earnings and they made over $10 billion last year. And this is really just off of Bitcoin fees. So a lot of these banks and a lot of these platforms are, they took note of that and they're trying to get in. So Robinhood app, I don't know if you've heard of that, but now they're into yeah. cryptocurrency, um, a bunch of other platforms as well. The caveat here is, um, so that's to buy Bitcoin and Ethereum and things like that. But if you want to buy the altcoins, which is more for the you know the day traders or the people who look into charts and, and graphs and things like that, they're more into altcoins because it's a lot more volatile. You need to buy Bitcoin and then use it on other platforms. For example, Gemini is a, is a popular one. You sell your Bitcoin onto Gemini. You use that money to start buying alternate coins. The, gotcha. So it's, it's very complicated in terms of um, it's not very straightforward, right? It's not like you go on Fidelity and you buy Facebook stock. You have to go through a, yeah. a, a couple of different platforms. Each platform, there's a couple of different fees that you have to pay. And so I guess the what right to entry or the entry path or entry point there is a lot more complicated. So I think that's why yeah. it's turning people off. 
for so far in 2018, the the price for Bitcoin, for example, is you know it's down like 60, 70 percent from its peak. So a lot of people are questioning whether this can be uh, self-sustainable. Is it a real currency? We we just don't know. And that's really my my um, extent extent of cryptocurrency. I have a little bit yeah. of Bitcoin, and that's really it. Yeah, for me, I don't know if it's just me being more old school or not. I just it's hard for me to see Bitcoin as a true investment. You know what I mean? Like it's, you know, normally when you invest in something, it, it's a company that, you know, creates products or, or services or, or something that, that kind of backs it all up versus Bitcoin or, or just cryptocurrency. It's, it's, it seems more like speculating to me in terms yeah. of you're, you're just kind of hoping it goes up. And, and, and I think that's the main problem. Like, I would say most people who have invested in Bitcoin, they have not done as much research as, as you or they don't know as much. They're just kind of buying into the hype and yeah. and just kind of hoping, praying, crossing their fingers that it goes up. Yeah, you're um, right. You're right. There's there's definitely two lines of two delineations between people who buy cryptocurrency. One side is the people who actually believe in blockchain and they believe in the use cases and you know, they think that, you know, Ripple can actually change the world in terms of how currency and how money is traded internationally. Um, yeah. And then the other side, which is where I am, is I don't have enough money to make any impact in terms of, you know, changing whether the price goes up and down. So really, my side is just putting in some money in there. And if it goes up, great. If it doesn't, it's kind of like going to the casino. You go with yeah. $400, that's the amount of money that you're okay to lose, but that's also the money that you want to play with. So that's, that's where fair. Yeah, that's where I'm with uh Bitcoin, but the population, the the first population that I talked about, the people who believe in blockchain and how it's going to change the world, it's actually a lot larger than people realize. Um I huh. think um not only are people starting to believe in blockchain technology or in using cryptocurrency, but some really popular um, companies are now accepting cryptocurrency. For example, the Dallas Mavericks. Mark Cuban is now accepting Bitcoin for season ticket holders to buy future season tickets. Um, If you look at craigslist.com right now, if you go to Craigslist, there's actually a small feature on top to pay by cryptocurrency. It's really weird. It's it's a changing world. Yeah, changing climate. Um, I think the biggest thing or biggest takeaway out biggest takeaway of cryptocurrency is the world is just becoming a lot more digital so when you see you know coins and you know like hard coins like a penny or a nickel or a dollar bill i think that's going to be less important because everything is just on your phone now or on the computer if you're in china right people aren't paying with their with their dollars they're paying through like a wechat app Everything right. is just on the WeChat. Your dollars or your accounts are there digital, and you just give the cashier, and they just take your money from there. And I think this is just taking it one step further. Yeah, no, that's that's a fair point. I had heard that you know a few companies or or places are starting to accept Bitcoin. I didn't know Mavericks though. That's <laughs> yeah. Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban's the man. He, he's so amazing. smart, man, because he knows if it goes up. He's gonna be so much yeah, richer. Seriously, and if it goes then, goes down, it's not a big loss for him, right? Yeah, 
and then, then especially now with betting being legalized or fixing to be legalized in states, it's he's about to make a whole lot more money. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, thanks, Conky, for the question. Our second question also comes from Conky. Uh, self-driving cars. Ooh. Are you planning to uh, get a self-driving car? Um, when that becomes reality, yes, definitely. And I think it's going to happen sooner than people realize. I think when our kids, when your kids mock our driving age, 18 to 20 years from now, I think um, self-autonomous cars are going to be the thing. Um, yeah. They're already pushing it here in Frisco, Texas, north of Dallas. I think that city is going to be operating you know, public transportation via driverless autonomous cars. Um, I think a lot of people are intrigued um, or interested how that works out. Um, but I think, I don't know, I think it's going to be a lot closer than you think. I am all for it if every car is self-driving. Yes, yes. If, if there's still, like, if it's like half and half, I just don't know. Like, I, I, it's not that I don't trust the, you know, like Elon Musk to make a really good self-driving car. It's, it's more everyone else on the road, like driving their own cars. You know what I mean? I think that part kind of scares me. I agree. Like in, you know, 18, 20 years, it would be amazing to see that, you know, everyone's taking a self-driving Uber or or something else around. Yeah. Self-driving or even self-flying, right? Flying cars are also in development. Um, You're right. I I think in terms of safety, the entire grid needs to be on this self-autonomous database. You're right, it can't be fragmented. All the companies have to jump on board and make sure they're using the same database, same algorithms, things like that. That's the only way that we can keep everyone safe, right? But it's gonna be awesome um, for the next generation to be able to go out, you know, and then like not have to worry about anything. They can just get a self, yeah, a driverless Uber or, or get it, hop in their own car put in their address and it takes them home like that yeah. that's gonna be the ideal state for sure Man, the future is here <laughs> all right well thanks conky for those two questions next one comes from a very very good friend of the podcast who still has not won a giveaway yet i'm sorry jason but uh jason wang asks for a shoe pod we might have been able to stretch this out to its own podcast but just for now let's just give a quick teaser he asks for <laughs> Favorite running shoes, favorite basketball shoes, favorite comfortable shoes, favorite dress shoes, and favorite casual shoes. Uh, we might be able to let's limit this to let's say favorite casual shoe, favorite basketball shoe, and favorite dress shoe. How about that? Uh, favorite casual shoe. Right now, it has to be the Adidas Boost technology. Um, okay. I really love. I mean, I have a couple pairs of the uh, Ultra Boost and then a couple pairs of the NMDs. They're just both very light, very comfortable. They fit very well on my foot. Um, those, yeah, that's probably my favorite. But I, I still, I'm still Team Nike. I still love all the Nike shoes. Obviously, um, I just got the Tinkers, the Jordan Three Tinkers. I'm very excited yeah. about that. Uh, so I'll be, I'll be rocking those from, from every now and then. Favorite? You said basketball shoe. Yeah. Uh, favorite basketball shoe. Honestly, and I, I don't like this guy, but I think it has to be the latest iteration of the Kevin Durant's, the KDs. Really? Yeah, I think it's, um, I think from my comfort level and performance, and also price point comparative to like LeBron's and Kobe's and stuff, I think it's, it's the best value out there, and it's, um, it's the most um, 
performance friendly, if you will, for me. Okay. Well, real quick, going back to your Adidas comment, I got to thank you for, I guess, forcing me to go to the Adidas employee store when we were on your bachelor party. Yeah. I ended up buying a pair of hardened lifestyle shoes with Boost Technology, and I... Fire, man. Those shoes are so fire. Yeah. I am undefeated in them. So I take full responsibility for the Rockets game one loss. Uh, I was not wearing those shoes, but when I wear those shoes to the game, I am undefeated Dang. for both Astros and the Rockets. So thank you for that. Uh, but when it comes to casual, like I, those are still my only Adidas shoes. I, I still rock with my Air Max 90s. I uh, have to. Basketball shoes, I'm surprised you, you mentioned Durant. I didn't, I didn't know you got a pair of KDs. I, I had tried it before. I think the KD5s, they looked really nice, but they like hurt my back. Something about them was, was just off. I don't know if the sole was too high or, mm-hmm. or just – I think they're a little higher than what I'm used to. Uh, so, so I still rock with uh, any Kobe's when I'm on the court. Yeah, I think the, the great thing about Kobe Bryant shoes, and I think Jason knows this, is it's always on the cutting edge of Nike technology, or now it's, it's trying to get back into it. I think during the Kobe AD run for two years, it kind of uh, let technology go to the wayside, and it, LeBron really focused on new technologies. But I think with uh, the recommitment Kobe has with Nike coming up, um, we're going to see you know like the newest age fly knit technology, newest age sole technology. Um, so Kobe's are always... It's always going to be there. My only qualm with the Kobe Bryant shoes is I feel like it's looked the same now for 10 years. Yeah, no, that's fair. That is very fair. <laughs> okay, so finally, favorite dress shoes. Favorite dress I'm shoes. I'm interested to hear this because I, I might need a couple suggestions. <laughs> so I, I have a bunch of, not a bunch, but I have two pairs of, I think, Kenneth Cole New York line, which is like their okay. higher line, which is nice. But I really like the Nike 1972 Quick Strike Deep Red shoes that I have. They are oh, a combination, yeah. yeah, a combination of like the Lunar Glides that um, crap. What's that company that everyone has? Kohan. Yeah, this this it's very similar to the Kohan look, but it's just uh, a little more comfy. And yeah, I, like, I remember those. Nice. Yeah, I remember that the tone is a little darker red so i think it looks better with black or brown yeah about you i am still all kohan uh but i've been i was randomly in at Nordstrom rack the other day just kind of looking at shoes and and i came across like a couple of cow klein ones that i might might go back for nice. uh but kohan kohan all in all it just the comfort level is pretty incredible even yeah. after they kind of split with nike i think i meant to say kohan did i say kenneth cole yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I have the Kohan line, but um okay. you don't you're not interested in any of the Italian lines, like Ferragamos or any of those? I don't know. They they might be a little too fancy for my taste. Yeah. Um I mean obviously I would wear them enough to get the value out of it, but I just it's hard for me to see past Kohan, both from like a aesthetic and a value yeah, point of view. Yeah, that. that. I mean uh, Jason, my my situation now is I work from home, so I don't really wear dress shoes or That's dress true. clothes or anything like that. So uh, I'm just I'm just gonna keep my Kohans for as long as I can. But yeah, Jason, you should just ask your brother if you're into want to get into fancy shoes and very pricey shoes. Very true. Alex already gives them a lot of pairs of uh, like sports shoes or sneakers, 
You nice. can definitely give them some dress shoes. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for the question, Jason. Uh, we are at about the eight-minute mark right now. So our next question comes from Trammy. Uh, she asked Marvel versus DC. Oh. With so many superhero movies coming out, which ones do you like or dislike? And she mentions that Justice League was such a letdown. I actually haven't even seen Justice League yet. Did you see that? <laughs> I did watch it. Um, was it was it any good? Yeah, I mean, this this is really a no no brainer, right? Like DC can't even hold Marvel's jock right now. Yeah. Um, Justice League was not good at all. There's so much potential there with the characters, but it was really fragmented. I would not recommend watching it if you haven't yeah. yet. There's no storyline. There's no character development. You just leave after two hours, and you're like, "What the <laughs> f did I just watch?" Yeah, that's disappointing, but not surprising. Yeah, um, exactly. I I just think Marvel has the whole like they planned this all out. You know what I mean? Like they had these storylines. They had individual movies leading up to the first Avengers. So everyone. So that's when they had the character development come in. Uh, so it's not just the first Justice League and you're trying to learn about all these characters. So right now, I I have not seen Infinity War yet. I'm going to see it this Friday. Oh, um, I'm excited for you. Yeah, I'm going to see it Yeah, very soon with one of those midnight showings with, with Titus. Very excited. Uh, going to eat and drink a lot. Oh, you're going to Alamo? Nice. Yeah. And I'm yeah, really so, excited um, for you. Yeah, I'm heading to Austin for the sister-in-law's graduation, cool. uh, and we're going to try to get two movies in. So Infinity War <laughs> and then uh, Deadpool 2, back-to-back nights. Dang. We'll see We'll see if we can stay up that late. But yeah, Infinity War, I know you've seen it. Without any spoilers, where do you rank it in terms of Marvel movies? So I watched it twice in the theaters. Uh, okay. After the first time I watched it, um, it was very, very high on my list. Um, I think the reaction or the how I felt leaving the theater was probably second to none uh, coming oh, wow. out of a theater okay. experience. Um, I would say, like, when you go to a superhero movie, right, you expect a lot of action, you expect a lot of crowd, a lot of reactions and things like that. But after Infinity War ended, um, I kid you not, we left the theater, and it was literally 10 minutes of just dead silence. Everyone <laughs> left the theater, like, looking at their phones or... Just they were speechless, and I'm really excited to see how you react to it. But that's where I I left Infinity War. The second time I watched it, I was kind of disappointed, not because of the movie, but I think um, the rewatchability. I know we talk about that a lot, but yeah. I don't think it's big with this movie, just because it's um gotcha. it's not as deep as as other Marvel movies. I would still rank it as you know top five ish. Um, but I think I still think to me, uh, the the original Avengers is still my favorite Marvel movie of all time. Okay, nice. Yeah. So right now, for me, before seeing Infinity War, I would have to say, I think Civil War is my number one, mm-hmm. and first Iron Man is number two. Nice. Very then, underrated. Yeah, Iron Man, and yeah, that I think that set the tone for kind of the whole franchise, a whole. Marvel Universe, um, just, and then the third one I would have to say would be Black Panther as of right now, but Black Panther I'd have to say is pretty rewatchable. I, I saw it I think three times in theaters, 
Yeah, so but, uh, so I I'll back you up there. I watched both movies twice: Infinity War and Black Panther. Black Panther by far is more rewatchable. Okay. Yeah. Man. Oh, okay. Well, I'm I'm definitely more excited now to go see Infinity War. Yeah, uh, the hype is all there. It's it, it's been so hard, like dodging spoilers <laughs> for for this long already. I, and I'm I'm really pissed. Like I had to block some random account on Twitter because they gave up a a spoiler. Granted, it was like two weeks after the movie came out, but still, like you just can't do that, man. Like you gotta have. I, I want to say at least like a three month window. Three months is a lot, man. Uh, yeah, maybe one one month. One yeah, month. T- Titus obviously is in the movie industry, so you got to ask him what the perfect you know cadence there in terms of spoiling spoiler alerts and stuff like that. But do you know if this is his second or third time watching it? Because I know he's watched it once. Yeah, I know he's he's seen it already, and he he just kept mentioning Deadpool too. I think he assumed that I had seen it if any were already, but so we we're planning to see Deadpool two first, and then if any. But I was I'm so scared of any possible. True. Infinity War spoilers in yeah. Deadpool 2 that we switch it up. Yeah. So so I'm excited. It's going to be it should be a really good weekend, really tiring. I since I'm not going to be get that much sleep watching these movies this late, feel you might have to drive part of the way back home. You uh, can uh you can finally join our WeChat group. So the initial group was show Josh and Hal. And apparently after Hal watched it, I believe it was Thursday night or Friday night. They stayed up to like 3 a.m. just talking theories and wow. what that movie meant and things like that. And then on Saturday of that same weekend is when I watched it. And then I was able to join the, the WeChat group, <laughs> added another influx of conversation week after Titus joined. And then now you can join. Okay, so this discussion, is this like, so obviously Black Panther had a lot of discussion too. But is more, I, I feel like Black Panther, just from... Obviously, I haven't seen Infinity yet, but yeah. it had possibility of deeper discussion or, or like more more nuanced discussion. Yeah, uh, is is that true, or is Infinity War is this discussion more just talking about kind of the Marvel universe and kind of where the other movies are going to be going? Yeah, Black Black Panther for sure is more um, social impact conversations, right, and what it meant for not only. You know the African Americans or minorities, but also you know females and things like that. So there's a lot more depth in Black Panther. Infinity War. The discussions is more like, like I said, like the, what the f just happened? What does oh, this man. mean? Okay. Yeah. What does this mean? And am I allowed to cry because it's pretty emotional? That's really. Oh cool. no. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm I'm all the way happy that now. Okay, we have fifty seconds. All right, so one last question. Let's Let me do scroll it. down a bit here. Okay, here's a good one. Last question of the day, possibly, is going to be coming from Paul Yin, and he asks: most punchable face in the NBA, <laughs> Austin Rivers versus the field. Who you got? Why do people hate Austin Rivers so much? <laughs> wow. Um, I would say He's this pretty easy to hate. He is pretty easy to this, hate. This week is the anniversary of Rugi Odor's punch on Jose Bautista. So I, <laughs> I just want to point that out, Mr. Potato Head. Um, but I think Draymond Green, man. Draymond oh, Green nice. to me is by far the most, the easiest to hate, the most reasonable to hate. Like he, he just does things that are not basketball plays. And it's like, what are you doing? I, th- I feel like you just need to get punched one time. 
Perfect. At the buzzer again. I don't know if you heard this, the buzzer sounding off, but <laughs> Draymond Green, punchable face in the at the buzzer. For the record, I will actually go with one of my Houston Rockets. I'm going to go with Eric Gordon. Oh, I no. think he, I think he has a very punchable face, especially when he has that like incredulous, how could you not bail me out with a foul call look, which so, happens a lot. What if he hits a game winner in like game six or something, though? It, it doesn't make his face any less punchable. <laughs> like the, Those things are mutually exclusive. Um, but yes, nice. thank you for all the questions today, guys. Enjoy this countdown with you, Albert. To all our listeners out there, appreciate the love. Please check us out on Facebook at Six Pennies Podcast and on SoundCloud. And if you have a chance, please, if you haven't done so already, give us a review on iTunes. Five stars only. Thanks, guys.